Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back with our guest, Dale Falwell, the North Carolina State Treasurer, and we have talked about uh, the uh, bond. Uh, well, we haven't talked about the bond referendum. We've talked about the state health plan. We've also talked about the North Carolina pension, and uh, those are two issues that have been much in the news recently. Um, let's let's uh, move to some things that are a little bit more fun to talk about. One is the unclaimed cash uh that is in your office that belongs to the people and you're sort of holding it waiting for somebody to claim it and uh, we talk about this all the time and people from time to time do uh, uh, listen and check out and find out yes indeed I've got some money that owed me for various and sundry reasons sometimes it's a an interest check that uh, the the address was wrong and sometimes it can be a number of things so where does all of this unclaimed cash come from uh, some of the sources it comes from uh, a, a final paycheck that somebody sent to you and you never received. It can come from last year we gave $600,000 to a lady who was the beneficiary of a life insurance policy and no one ever told her about it. And uh, it can come from all kinds of places, a dividend check from an electric co-op, a bank account that somebody opened for you when you were a child and, it, and you know the, the accounts didn't follow the addresses as you grew up and moved. We have $700 million sitting in NC Cash, and thanks to the hard work of uh, Brenda Williams and, and Alan Martin and their team, we now have a, a new revamped website. The first time in over 25 years that this website's been improved, I guess. And um, so people can go to nccash.com, and if they don't see my face at the top left, they're probably on a website of a uh, an unclaimed property website that tries to charge them a fee to collect this money. We don't charge people a fee. So they go to nccash.com. Uh, every time that we mention this on the show, by the way, uh, you know, somebody either comes up to you or Jason or myself and says, hey, I heard you on the Don Curtis show, and I went to nccash.com, and Lord knows, lo and behold, I had $693 sitting there that I didn't know about. So it's a very important thing. There's $700 million worth of cash securities and assets. There's also, some other things like baby teeth, silver teeth, gold teeth, false teeth. I'm putting those in order of our age here. So, <laughs> And the reason is is that all the abandoned lockboxes of North Carolina end up at the treasurer's office. And uh, you know what your parents used to put in lockboxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, think about all that ending up at the treasurer's office. So we have lots of things at the treasurer's office, but mainly it's stocks and, and, and securities and cash. Over a million dollars worth of unclaimed property that belongs to churches across North Carolina. Over a million bucks. Uh, <clears throat> we had, I think, 16 hospices that had money in unclaimed cash. Uh, you know, a dozen or so habitats that had unclaimed cash. Many of other uh, nonprofit entities. So people can go to nccash.com and they can see if they have any money and. If you have an unusual name like Falwell, you don't have to put it in a city. If you have a, a usual name like Curtis, you probably need to put it in a city. Every state has one. And finally, uh, put in your spouse's name, put in your parents' names, put in your kids' names. We have more records of things that belong to people than we have citizens in North Carolina, so that your chances are good. You know, the interesting thing about the $700 million, you put that into the economy and get it to work, it can have a beneficial effect on the economy. That's a lot of money. <clears throat> well, it can. And, uh, but, uh, you know, North Carolina's had the unclaimed property division for a long period of time. 
Every state has one. So if your listeners are um, not uh, natives to North Carolina, they can simply uh, go to their, their state website of wherever it was they used to work or live, and they can probably find unclaimed property there. And if you have a small businesses, a small business, excuse me, <clears throat> you should plug that name in. Curtis Media, you should plug that in and see if any of, the, uh, any of your businesses have unclaimed property. Well, it, it, like you said, seven hundred million dollars. It belongs to somebody else, uh, and uh, that's a that's a that's a stash of cash, so to speak. And uh, that's that's an interesting thing. And so we hope that uh, people will check that. That's nccash.com. And as we said, there's always somebody that's coming up with a website that's similar that wants to charge a fee. But there's no fee for this. Uh, if you have unclaimed cash, it comes directly to you, and all you have to do is prove your ability <coughs> to to actually uh, deserve it. And the new improved website, if I may add, previously it would just say under 50 and over 50. No. Now if it's under 50, it tells you exactly how much it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, the other question I was going to ask you is how, how are you determining uh, investments other than bonds uh, <coughs> for the pension plan, which, uh, as we said, uh, you know, the bonds are – uh, not paying very much anymore. So if you're trying to reach a five or six or seven percent return, you're going to have to have other investments. Mm-hmm. How are these picked, and and how risky can you be? How much chance can you take? Well, good question. And I put a graph in front of you, which obviously your listeners can't see, but this is what's happened to interest rates over the last. Uh, the, this is actually the history of the pension plan in the last fifty years, and. You can see when the blue line, which is interest rates, is above the red line, which is what you're supposed to earn on this, it's easy to be the state treasurer. <laughs> but as you can see, the, the assumed rate returns 7 and the interest rates are about 2%. So uh, we have an asset allocation model at the treasurer's office. We've always been known as, as one of the most conservative pension plans in the United States. Uh, last year, our plan lost less than other plans, our peer group plans. Because uh, there's always inv- there's always loss involved in investments. You're going to have some losses, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And you know we had a great year coming up in the third quarter. We gave it all up in the fourth quarter, like a lot of folks did. But but because of the conservative nature of our plan, uh, we uh, when 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 times are booming in the stock market, we don't make quite as much as others. And when times are not so good, like the fourth quarter of last year, uh, we don't lose as much money as others. And that's why. Uh, possibly, yeah, we have one of the most um, uh, conservatively managed but also uh, well-funded pension plans in the United States. And w- what we try to focus on is value. What investment brings value to our participants? And where's the margin of safety? And, you know, value and margin of safety are two things that Warren Buffett has admonished us about for the last 35 years. And as the keeper of the public purse, that the ultimate, it's not about th- theory and it's not about other things it's we're in the check delivery business we're spending 515 million dollars every 30 days out of this pension plan for benefits that is six billion dollars a year b with a billion b so we're sending more money out of the pension plan every 12 months than the state has long-term debt (coughs) so being in the check delivery business we're always focused on what brings value to our participants and we have tens and tens of millions of dollars of these investments that are tied up for the long term, and uh, we manage those also. How is the general health of our cities and counties, and do we have any of our cities and counties that are in uh, a, a period of uh, sort of uh, real concern uh, 
uh, ones that you were really having to watch and worry about their financial uh, longevity? Great question. Uh, we, I am, as keeper of the public purse, one of my responsibilities that, like Charles Heatherly pointed out in the book about Harlan Bowles, <clears throat> is I'm the chair of the Local Government Commission. It's a unique commission that was created after the bankruptcy of Asheville, North Carolina, and it was a, 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 a stop, so to speak, a, a, a train stop for anybody who wants to issue tax-free debt in North Carolina comes through the Local Government Commission and gets a thumbs up. There's over 1,300 entities like Wake County, City of Raleigh, uh, Charlotte Airport, for example, Salem College and Winston-Salem that come through the LGC, a lot of uh, nonprofit nursing homes, uh, to borrow money. As far as directly to directly answer your question, uh, we have over 180 uh, cities and counties and other types of entities that are on the what we call the unit assistance list where there is a concern. We have about 11 counties on that list right now. We have probably 60 or 70 cities on that list right now. As you have reported and uh, your listeners have read about, otherwise uh, we just took over Eureka, North Carolina. Now Eureka has a designation of being the only city in America that has an undetonated nuclear weapon in its within its city limits. And uh, just got Jason just woke up on that one. Uh, the the reason is that I think in the early '60s. You remember the early '60s? I do. Okay, just one. I was twelve. Okay, <laughs> hundred. <laughs> and uh, so uh, uh, in the early '60s, there was a plane that was coming in to I guess John uh, Seymour Johnson or Pope uh, that had nuclear weapons on it. It was going to crash land. Uh, they released three nuclear weapons uh, before the plane landed, and they found two of them, and they didn't find the third one. And the third one is in Eureka, North Carolina, and it's 220 feet below the surface in a mud bog, uh, never to be extracted. And we just took over Eureka because of uh, financial, uh, they ran out of money to run their water and sewer system. And we're having to do that all across North Carolina, unfortunately. Well, of course, uh, North Carolina has a number of cities, especially in uh uh, 20 or so counties that are losing population, and that means they're losing tax base, and that's their source of income, and so there's nowhere for them to go for money, and the situation only gets worse because things cost more and money's coming in less, so that's going to be a serious problem for those uh, communities that are faced with that problem. I'm very concerned, Don, uh, about this issue. It's one of the invisible things we deal with, but when you're having a hard time at record low unemployment, record high stock prices and record low interest rates if you're having a hard time in that environment uh just think of the hard time you're going to have when any of those things turn in the other direction and uh as you know north carolina as we've said so many times we're we're, we have the the 20 or so or 30 or so counties that are just growing very well and and handling their growth and and uh, yes that creates some problems because they have to build infrastructure and all that but they have future tax base coming these other counties are faced with the same infrastructure problems, but don't have the money. Right. We just approved uh, a sewer pump, for example, for Sparta, North Carolina, an area of the state that many of your listeners, including you, are very uh, fond of. Uh, you know, they originally budgeted it. It, it takes a different uh, type of process to, to pump sewer in the mountains than it does on flatland, obviously. Uh, 
you know, they had to put a new pump in, and they originally budgeted $486,000 for it, and it came in at $800,000. I mean, when when a pump, one pump, almost literally doubles in price uh, on some of these small rural communities, and they, you know, this the, just the difference in the price is more than the cash they have on hand. You're absolutely right. It's, it's a big issue, and we're trying to get the uh, the General Assembly has given us their attention on the Eureka and Cliffside situation. Uh, we don't want to take over any county or any city or anything within the purview of the Treasurer's Office. But the statute says that if these certain things happen, that that's going to be necessary. And on this local government commission, by the way, just to educate your listeners very quickly, is the you know the state altar of North Carolina, the Secretary of Revenue of North Carolina. Uh, the Secretary of State of North Carolina, other great board members. So this is this is an issue that some very high-level people look at all the time. Our guest is Dale Falwell, and we'll be back right after this. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was .5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back with our final segment of uh, Carolina Newsmakers for this week. Our guest is Dale Fowler. Well, a reminder that if you miss part of this broadcast or if you want to share it with a friend, you can go to carolinaneesmakers.com and do just that. Also, a number of our stations carry only 30 minutes of the program instead of the full hour. And so if you'd like to hear the segments that you missed, you can also go to carolinaneesmakers.com and those segments are identified and you can listen to those without uh, uh, listening to the entire program. That's for your convenience, carolinaneesmakers.com. Dale Falwell is our guest. He's the uh, treasurer of the state of North Carolina, and we talked earlier about the uh, pension fund, and we have also talked a little bit about the state health plan. Uh, The fact that uh, you are also uh, worrying about uh, investments, uh, and there is some 
talk of uh, possible slowdowns in the economy, and that sort of ebbs and flows with the news. Sometimes people think we're going to have a, a, an adjustment in the economy. Others uh, think it may be some time off, and some time off is usually referred to as about a year and a half or two years. But uh, no one seems to think we're going to have anything like we had uh, uh, a decade or so ago where we had a, just a major problem. What, what's your assessment of that situation? Well, my assessment is, as I said earlier about, for example, the small towns can be applied to any individual that's listening to this program or, or any business. When, when we have a record low, when we have record high employment, record high stock market, record low interest rates, it's a time to really not get giddy about what you're doing. It's really time to start tightening up and, and understanding you know, what businesses you're in and, and, and what you're doing. Uh, you know, the economy could turn down and the stock market not turn down. The stock market could turn down and the economy not turn down. It's, we're in a very strange situation here, Don. We talked earlier about lower interest rates and how lower interest rates help lots and lots, millions and billion, millions of people in the economy, but how it hurts the, the pension plan performance because we have so much of the money that's in fixed income conservative investments. Uh, but the, the, the point I was, I was trying to make about all this is that, that uh, we have $16 trillion. Now, earlier you started talking about millions, and then we morphed into billions. Now we're into the trillions. We have, there, are six, there is $16 trillion worth of debt that has been issued in the world over the last 12 months at negative interest rates. It's like you give somebody your money to put it under their mattress, and then you pay them to put it under their mattress. Negative interest rates. Never happened in our lifetime. And this is a serious, serious issue about what it might pretend about our economy going forward. The uh, news is filled with information about uh, the, the tariff battle with China. Uh, we, our economies are so dependent on one another. China has huge investments in the United States. Uh, I think almost everyone agrees that these tariffs need to be adjusted. There's a lot of uh, controversy over whether President Trump is going about it the right way. Some people think he is. Some people think he's not. That's not the, that's not the point of this question. The point of this question is how, uh, how much of the uncertainty is, is causing concern to you just the uncertainty of it, if and when it might be settled. Well, the uncertainty is translating itself into volatility, and volatility is obviously a big concern. When, when you have businesses that are in the hands of weak owners, and what I mean by businesses is our New York Stock Exchange companies, and what I mean by weak owners are the people who buy and sell those shares based on whatever the latest tweet was uh, or the latest news release was out of China on these important issues, you know, that's a, that's a very serious concern. You know, the stock market went up yesterday because the president has decided not to make these certain tariffs effective on the on the anniversary of the liberation of, of China's end of whatever, you know, October 1st. So the stock market went up on that. What does that really have to do with, no pun intended, with the price of eggs? Um, and but this is a very uh, serious matter. It's uh, impacting lots of folks. <coughs> there are lots of people who have been are going to be uh, possibly negatively impacted by tariffs. Some there's going to be winners, there's going to be losers. But everybody generally understands that this has been an un 
unlevel playing field for a long, long period of time. And uh, the president is uh, theoretically trying to figure out what's right, trying to get it right, and try to keep it right on behalf of the citizens of the United States. Okay, the General Assembly is still in session, still introducing and passing laws. Uh, anything pending that uh, uh, concerns the Office of the Treasurer directly? Oh, we have we have lots of legislation that is sitting in the House uh, Rules Committee, and uh, not knowing if it'll ever ever be heard. These are all things that we have the responsibility to do. Uh, these are all things that make money and save money. It's not naming a new biscuit or. Do we have a biscuit, by the way? I don't think so. A state biscuit? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you said that. It would be country that. ham if we had one. It'd be nice if you just brought biscuits in here to the show it once would in a be. while. Yeah, it would be. But anyway. Uh, it's a low-budget show. Yeah. I know. I got to take the elevator today. I didn't want to tell you that, that you some electricity. But anyway, uh, going back to the point, uh, we have major pieces of legislation that are sitting in the House Rules Committee. All things that make money and save money for taxpayers, which is what we're supposed to be doing as the keeper of the public purse. And, and we look forward to the opportunity to have hearings on those bills and, and to have them pass uh, almost unanimously. Now, uh, of course, also in the news is the uh, whether the budget is going to be vetoed or not. And we won't get into that uh, in this segment of Carolina Newsmakers. But uh, uh, the, the passing the budget, uh, of course, is not quite as a big a concern on the state level because of the fact that you revert, you have a system in place that keeps the government going on last year's budget, right. which uh, at least takes some of the pressure off that. Well, it does. And over the last several weeks, there have been many budgets, M-I-N, not M-A-N-Y, but M-I-N-I budgets that have passed, <clears throat> for example, that have funded the retirement system, which is something that's very important to us at the Treasurer's Office. So uh, we constantly monitor uh, what's going on. But as I said earlier, all we do at the Treasurer's Office as keepers of the public purse is we focus on making money and saving money, and we don't spend a penny or buy a paper clip uh, without thinking about who that money ultimately belongs to, and it's to the members of these plans and taxpayers like them. Well, Dale, thank you so much. Dale Falwell, our North Carolina State Treasurer, and thank you for being so frank and uh, discussing the issues that have concerned to everyone. The program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us again next week on the same group of stations all across North Carolina. And again, you can get more information on carolinanewsmakers.com. Till next week, same time, same station. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.